Clancy Pasta presents, I got in the shower and I think I came out in a different dimension. Written by Haley Burke. My first hint was when I stepped out of the shower and my mom's box of hair dye wasn't on the counter anymore. I was sure it had been there before I got in. I always locked the bathroom door so she couldn't have come in to get it. Why would she, anyway? I chalked it up to me not remembering things correctly and forgot about it as I dried off and got dressed. I opened the cupboard under the counter and frowned. My blow dryer, which I could swear used to be black, was now red and a completely different brand. The black one was nowhere to be found. Now I was convinced someone had somehow snuck into the bathroom while I was in the shower. This made me uncomfortable, but I was also relieved to know there was an explanation to whatever was happening. I skipped the blow dryer, instead wrapping a towel around my hair and headed to the kitchen to make something to eat. My eyes widened in surprise when I saw a man sitting at the kitchen table, until I realized it was my dad. His beard was gone, which was weird, considering I'd never seen my dad without his trademark long, well-kept beard, ever. Hey, sweetie, he said. He sounded almost sad, but he still didn't look up from his phone. Morning, I said. I looked at him for a few more moments before shrugging and walking to the cupboard. What time does mom get off work? He didn't respond. I looked up from pouring my cereal to see him staring at me, looking concerned. He put his phone down. Now that I could see his face, I was painfully aware of how old he looked. Did he always look this old? What? I asked. Are you feeling okay, Kara? He stood up from the table and started towards me. Um, yeah, I said, confused. Why? He put his hand on my forehead and I stepped back, starting to get frustrated. What are you doing? I just want to know what time she'll be home. You don't have a fever. Did you hit your head? I know I don't have a fever, and no, I didn't hit my head. Will you just tell me what's going on? Dad didn't answer for a few moments. He just looked at me with this weird, sad look on his face. Your mom died four years ago, Kara. It's been four years. Are you sure you didn't hit your head? You could have a concussion. I ignored his question. I was too busy trying to absorb what he just said to me. What the fuck is he talking about? I saw her yesterday, and every day before that. Kara? His hand was on my shoulder. I shook it off and made a beeline for the closest window. I looked out in the driveway and saw only a rusty white pickup truck. We've never had a pickup truck. Where's mom's car and where's your car? Are you guys playing a prank on me or something because I swear this isn't fucking funny. Watch your language, young lady. You know this isn't a prank. I don't know what's going on with you, he said. And he had the nerve to sound angry, as if I'd done something wrong. Maybe you should go to your room and cool down a bit. I stared at him in disbelief before storming off to my room, slamming the door and locking it behind me. I turned on my phone and scrolled through the messages. Adam, Sierra, Rose, Dad, Maria. The messages between my mom and I 
were gone. I've been in here for hours now. I've searched every one of my family members' social medias. I went back four years like my dad said, and saw people telling me and dad that we were in their thoughts and prayers. Hell of a lot that does. Another thing I noticed was the date of those posts. March 24th, 2016. Four years ago, today. I don't know what's going on. The only thing I can come up with is that I've somehow crossed into a different dimension or something. I don't know how I got here, and I don't know how to get back, but if any of you know how, please tell me. I miss my mom. Clancy Pasta presents, You've heard of Bloody Mary and the Slender Man, but have any of you ever heard of Whistle and Willie? Written by Real Spoopy Stuff. There's an urban legend in my small town about a man named Whistle and Willie Cochran. Personally, I don't believe in urban legends, but after what happened just recently, I'm starting to believe that he's real. Some of the darker townsfolk, probably some kids from the high school, created a poem about Whistle and Willie. Whistle and Willie, Whistle and Willie, hums a tune that's oh so silly. He was walking long in interstate, whistling drunk and out too late. When out of nowhere came a car, whose driver was too drunk by far, and hit old Willie, killed him dead. Two broken legs, a bashed in head, and the driver didn't help, just fled. One week later, on the day, the driver was sleeping away, when whistling started soft as cotton, a stench that was both dead and rotten. And on Willie's final whistling note, he slit the driver's veiny throat. So if you ever drink and drive, but somehow make it home alive, don't fall asleep, don't close an eye, cause Willie will make sure you die. Sounds like a load of horseshit, doesn't it? Let me give you some backstory. Willie Cochran was real. He was sort of a vagrant in our town, spending most of the day panhandling for change on Main Street, and then spending it all at the Eagle Tavern as soon as the sun went down. It was normal to see Willie walking down Main Street from the tavern to the abandoned house he squatted in most nights, anytime between 11 and 2 a.m., depending on how far the change got him. He was always friendly, always waved, and he was always whistling the exact same song. No one quite knows the song he was always whistling. Most people think he made it up himself. I'm big into music, and even I can't pinpoint where the tune comes from. It must have been his own. Anyways, the first part of the rhyme is true. One night, Willie left the tavern later than usual, and was headed down Main Street to sleep off the drunk. I don't know if he was whistling or not, but I assume he was, because he was always whistling. Now, no one saw it happen, but Willie was struck and killed by a car. His body was found in the gutter, with two broken legs, and a head that resembled a pumpkin six months after Halloween, the next day by old Miss Klebeck on her way to the store. All signs pointed to Billy Jackson, the town drunk is the one who hit him. The bartender at the tavern told Sheriff Kalk that Billy had been drinking late and refused to hand over his keys at last call. The hood of his car, a beautiful old Camaro, was bashed to bits the next day, and Billy couldn't remember anything happening to it. 
Fortunately for him, there was no blood or hair anywhere on the car. Due to the lack of concrete evidence, however, Billy was never charged. Well, exactly one week later, Billy was found dead in his bed. There was no sign of a break-in, and his mother, whom he lived with, didn't hear a peep all night. Billy died from loss of blood. His throat had been slit. The sheriff chalked it up to retaliation. He figured that one of Willie's kin had read about everything on the news, driven down to our little town, and cut Billy's throat while he slept. But again, no proof. After the whole ordeal, the sheriff and his deputies cracked down on drinking and driving. One of them was always at the Eagle Tavern towards close, to make sure anyone who had had too much handed over the keys. That lasted a few months. There were no other problems during that time. My best friend Randy and I both turned 21 between Willie's death and the end of the drinking and driving patrol. Neither of us really believed the rhyme. The whole event was strange, sure, but I never believed in stuff like that. Until last week. Randy and I went down to the tavern two Saturdays ago. We were celebrating the end of the semester, and both of us got proper drunk. Randy, being the idiot that he is, decided to drive home. I begged him not to, not because of Whistling Willie, but because I know how dangerous it is to drive drunk. But he brushed me off and told me not to worry. He texted me that night when he made it home safe, and everything seemed fine. One week later, in the early hours of Sunday, Billy's father found him dead in bed with his throat slit. The sheriff urged him to keep it under wraps for the time being, until they had time to find a suspect, but they have made no headway so far. Now normally, I still wouldn't believe in Whistlin' Willie Cochran. I don't believe in the Boogeyman, or Bloody Mary, or the Black Dog. But something else happened the night that Randy was murdered. He butt-dialed me. He must have rolled over on his phone because, according to his father, they found Randy's phone underneath him when the coroner wheeled him away. On that voicemail, so faint that I could barely hear it, someone was whistling a tune. Not just any tune. Willie's tune. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>